This is an Equity Bates Media podcast. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Equity Minds! I will say this about investing. Everything you do learn is cumulative. What I learned at 20 is you can Welcome to another episode of Equity Mates, a podcast that follows our journey of investing. Whether you're an absolute beginner or approaching Warren Buffett status, our aim is to help break down your barriers from beginning to dividend. My name is Bryce and as always, I'm joined by my equity buddy, Ren. How are you going? I'm very good, Bryce. I'm very excited for this episode. We're exploring a topic that uh, we get very excited about, but we don't know a lot about. So I'm uh, very excited to know a little bit more about it by the end of this episode. That's it. And we are very excited to welcome an expert to help us uh, understand more about this uh, exciting thematic. And it is our pleasure to welcome William Studebaker to the studio. William, welcome. Good morning. Great to be here. Look forward to uh, helping to educate you guys on robotics and AI. So William, I will refer to him as Bill throughout the episode, is the president and CIO of Robo Global, the company that builds the index that's behind the ETF Securities Global Robotics and Automation ETF. The ASX code is R-O-B-O. And today we're going to be chatting with Will about uh, state of the robotics industry and you know how this thematic is really playing out and the investment opportunities that it's presenting. So Ren, uh, let's kick off with a bit about the ETF and then get stuck in. Yeah, well, Bill, uh, as as Bryce mentioned, we're here to talk global robotics and automation. It's a topic that uh, seems to be on the forefront of a lot of investors' minds, especially with everything that's going on at the moment with supply chain crises. So we're excited to get into all of that in today's episode. But let's start with the ETF and the robo index that you build. What is it designed to give investors exposure to? So just by, by way of background, so everyone understands uh, what we do, we are an index advisory research company that is specifically focused on helping investors capture what we believe is a massive opportunity in the fast-growing areas of robotics, automation, artificial intelligence, and healthcare innovation around the world. And believe it or not, we were actually uh, the first company ever to have created a robotics and automation strategy that we brought to market. And we did it almost nine years ago. And our strategy is designed with deep fundamental research, really to capture the best of breed companies globally that sit within what we call Ray, which is robotics, automation, artificial intelligence ecosystem, where we're trying to capture the technologies uh, and the applications. And, you know, as I said, you know, 
we did this interestingly enough, you know, nine years ago with the belief that we were on the cusp of ubiquitous automation. And, you know, at the time, you know, most sort of understood robotics and AI to be kind of like Elon Musk's, you know, science fiction technologies. But we had a much different interpretation, which was that these technologies weren't science fiction and they weren't niche. Rather, they were what we call foundational technologies that are really being applied to all industries and all markets. And as a result, we believe that these technologies had the potential to be far more disruptive in what many understand the internet to be. I mean, I think we all understand the internet now, but back in the late 90s, no one really understood the internet. But the internet, you know, transformed how we socialize, you know, how we consume media brought about search and e-commerce. And, you know, that's it. Uh, Again, these are technologies, robotics and AI, that are going to transform, you know, every industry. And it is interesting when we launch, we were one of only a handful of thematic technologies globally. I mean, I think we were one of five or six companies that had created a thematic, you know, sort of idea. Now there's hundreds that are attempting to do this. And, and you know, at that time, and even now, the challenge with Wall Street has been on the inability to invest in thematics because it's sort of not ticked specific Wall Street style boxes, if you will. And as a result, they were often overlooked by investors. But, you know, this is changing. And uh, I think investors are beginning to understand the power of disruptive technologies. And so we're pretty excited. You know, COVID has really ignited um, the robotics and AI arms race. And I think as we look forward, we're not going to automate, you know, less. It's going to be increasingly (laughs) more and more. So I think this is something that should be important to all investors investors and consumers. So Bill, it's an index that has a lot of companies in it that we haven't really heard of before. And I think that's what's exciting about it. There's so much sort of innovation and and opportunity to explore new things. Are you able to tell us how this index is put together? And in particularly the the panel of experts that assess the companies that then, you know, guide and go into this index? Sure. Well, the most important thing we did nine years ago, there required a lot of half heavy lifting that no one had done before was identify and classify the entire global ecosystem of robotics and AI. And to to make sense of this sort of unstructured opportunity meant that we had to research, you know, the entire world to identify and segment companies inside um, what we've identified as our own proprietary subsector classification system. And we did this with a team of not only financial, but industry experts. We actually have seven advisors on our team who are PhDs in the field of robotics, AI, and, and, um, and automation. And they're on the front lines of building these, the, the technologies and the industry. Many are entrepreneurs and have identified and, and have developed technology and companies that are in the front and center of our, of our lives. I mean, one example is a gentleman whose name is Rafti Andrea, who was one of the co-founders of of Kiva Systems. And Kiva Systems is now um, Amazon Robotics. And that's the 300,000 robots plus inside of, of Amazon that allow fulfillment to happen, not inside of weeks, not inside of days, but soon to be, you know, inside of hours. And so he was building uh, warehouse algorithms back in 2005. And he is two partners sold out to Amazon in 2011 for $800 million. And this really helped sort of captivate the robotics and, and AI arms race, particularly in warehouse and logistics automation. So their insights, you know, as entrepreneurs and industry thought leaders, you know, coupled with, you know, our deep domain expertise, you know, 
cannot be very easily replicated by others. So again, we sort of researched the global value chain to identify companies that we see have high revenue purity in robotics, automation, and AI that are, have industry leadership and have you know technology dominance. And uh, we then sort of apply uh, an ESG filter that captures the companies that comply with sustainable investing and, and out pops a portfolio that's really very differentiated relative to traditional indices or versus almost most all portfolios and investors that own because these companies believe it or not, are not owned by many investors. And uh, it's a portfolio that we rebalance you know, quarterly. Um, we essentially have a, a, a weighting scheme that gives you know, uh, investors exposure without a lot of excessive risk and, and lower volatility. Our, our top uh, 10 names, as an example, represent um, less than 18% of, of our dollars or the weighting. And this has generated returns the last three years that are pretty... Um, Commendable. We've, we've generated 20, 21% CAGR the th- last three years in the strategy. And we think that this is, you know, the start of, of many more years to come. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a really interesting ETF. When uh, I first looked at it, I expected to see Amazon in there because when I think of robotics, uh, I think of an Amazon warehouse. But uh, I was surprised to see that Amazon wasn't in there. But uh, the point you made there about revenue purity, I think, is an important one to stress. The the companies in this uh, index and in this ATF aren't just using robots, but they have to actually be making money from robotics and automation. So a company like Amazon that benefits from it, uh, from robotics, but doesn't make money from robotics, uh, won't ever be in the index. Well, that, that's right. So what we're trying to do is, you know, we're going to the gold rush and, and we're um, identifying, you know, the the sort of picks and shovels. Um, you know, Amazon has done a remarkable job of using these technologies to enable their business, but they're not, you know, profitably directly from selling these technologies. So there's certainly, you know, an area in value for that in, in investors' portfolios. But I think increasingly, almost all companies are going to have to use these technologies to enable their business in terms of improving productivity and, and generating higher growth. So I think the, all these technologies uh, have an inevitable use case in virtually every business and every business model. So that's what we're focused on, again, is, is sort of the picks and shovels, the technologies and the applications is what we're focused on. So, Bill, let's um, have a chat about the state of the robotics industry. No doubt that COVID has accelerated a number of trends, you know, e-commerce being one of them. Uh, and we imagine that this certainly holds true in the robotics industry as well. Let's start at the top. How would you describe the state of the robotics industry going into 2022? Did COVID have the have some sort of an impact uh, as well? I would say that the state of the, of the environment is, for lack of a better word, on fire. You know, the COVID crisis sparked a wave of innovation and has launched a generation of entrepreneurs. And I think, you know, the philosopher Plato kind of was pretty right when he said, you know, necessity uh, is indeed the mother of invention. And one area that has seen tremendous growth is is digitization, meaning that everything from you know online customer service to remote you know working to supply chain you know reinvention to the use of artificial intelligence and machine learning to improve operations. You know, healthcare has changed substantially with telehealth, and healthcare is moving now to a model of prediction prevention, and that relies on data and analytics. You know, which is digitization. 
you know, globally, COVID brought you know a flood of new you know new businesses to market almost overnight. In, in the U.S. alone, the third quarter of 2020, just to give you an idea, there were more than 1.5 million new business applications, and that's almost double the figure for the the same period in 2019. And we're seeing varying degrees of, of this happen and benefits, you know, in countries really, you know, throughout the world. So, you know, I would say digitally enabled productivity gains, you know, have accelerated really the fourth industrial revolution. We're at the early innings of this and, you know, we're not really even in inning one in U.S. baseball parlance. I would say that the players are in the locker room, you know, getting their clothes on or in a cricket game. <laughs> they're just, you know, getting their shoes right on. And, you know, we, 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 we've seen like the shift, you know, to online retail is real. And this is going to stick, you know, in the United States, the penetration um, of e-commerce was forecast in 2019 to reach 24% by 2024. And by July of 2020, it had hit 33% of total retail sales. So to put it another way, the first half of 2020 saw an increase in equivalent of e-commerce equivalent to that of the previous 10 years. This is all a function of robotics, automation, uh, and artificial intelligence. So, um, there is tremendous growth in the years ahead. Well, uh, Bill, as we enter 2022, two of the biggest stories in financial markets seem to uh, be both be accelerators of uh, robotics adoption, uh, the disruptions we've seen in supply chains, and then also the labor shortages that we're uh, seeing, particularly in the US, but, but around the world. How are you seeing companies respond to that? Are you seeing companies accelerate their robotic strategies in response? Well, I think um, clearly without question, the answer is yes. I mean, the pandemic revealed vulnerabilities in, you know, in the global complicated supply chain of many companies. You know, the pandemic has poised, you know, has created significant challenges for supply chains globally that have to be solved. I mean, multiple National lockdowns, you know, have and continue to slow or even temporarily stop of the flow of materials and finished goods. I mean, that's disrupting manufacturing as a result. And, you know, in the aftermath of, you know, severe disruption from COVID, we've seen that, you know, enterprises plan to shake up their supply chain strategies to become more resilient, collaborative and networked. And this is all requires automation and robotics. And to do that, you know, they have to increase investment in supply chain technologies like AI and robotics, robotic process automation, even guess what, while retraining, you know, workers, I think everyone has the assumption and the illusion that, you know, automation is going to replace, you know, all workers, and we're going to have a workerless society. And I think that is a... uh, a misunderstanding. I think that automation is creating, you know, new industries and new classifications of work. And I don't think that we can, you know, truthfully identify what the future of work exactly entails. I mean, back in 1900, um, we had 60% of our workforce in whether well, it was in ag. Now, you know, there's 2%, and now we're producing, you know, more with less. So I think that. You know, what this really means is that robots aren't going to do all of our work. They're just going to help, you know, and and collaborate a lot more. Often in certain economic, you know, times or periods, 
you know, what you see is you just companies slow down their technology investments almost to a trickle. But, you know, during the pandemic, many companies or the smart companies didn't halt their technology investments. And I think this speaks to the value of the digital supply chain in helping, you know, as, as you talk about, you know, enterprises navigate, you know, disruptive forces and respond faster to uh, supply and demand. So I think big changes are on the, are on the horizon for supply chains. And all this is going to result in more efficiency. It's going to result in reskilling supply chain workers and um, productivity and growth are going to be the result. Of this, so Bill, in in preparing for this interview, we read that the industrial robotics and factory automation industry is actually quite cyclical, which uh, surprised us. Are you able to talk us through why this is the case and the dynamics within this industry? Yeah, well, I think you know the main reason is that they are capital intensive industries, and they were very capital intensive in years past. When you think about, you know, putting in a, a robotic or automation system, I mean, take, for example, going into the, the auto industry. I mean, we knew that the robots have been around since the 1960s and they were basically designed to do, you know, dull, dirty and dangerous jobs or obviously lift more than than humans could. But they were they were dangerous, and they had to be segmented in certain you know geographies within a, a factory, and not be surrounded by people because obviously if there was the wrong humor in action, it would result in injury or fatalities. And when you put a system like that in, you know it was going to cost hundreds of thousands, if not potentially tens of millions of dollars, because once it was in, it was not going to go out. And I think that, you know, generally speaking, that has been the mosaic that a lot of companies observe. But I think what you're learning about robotics AI, that's a little bit different right now, is that years past, it was hard to put these systems in place because the ROIs on these systems were, in, in many cases, you know, many years. We're talking four or five, six, seven years to capture an ROI. Now you're seeing ROIs in some cases inside of months. And that's a result of you know really computing power that's doubling every 18 months. And the cost of the computing and the integration is plummeting to now create array of use cases that um, historically was just Elon Musk science fiction. And that's not the case now. So the industry has been you know very cyclical in application. But I think this is uh, beginning to change pretty dramatically uh, as we move forward. So, Bill, would love to move to some of the biggest companies in the index because when when we uh, opened up the the Excel file and looked through the top the top holdings, we were surprised to find we weren't familiar with many of the names, any of the top names. So, for each of the top three holdings, we'd love to understand what the company does, how it fits into the robotics and automation thematic. And then I guess a brief word on what the bull and the bear case uh, is for the company. Uh, So let's start with the biggest holding in the index, uh, Vesera Communications. Can you tell us a little bit about the company? 
Yeah, well, Vosser is actually the largest holding, given the fact that it actually has now has a, a takeout offer. And Vosera is around only a $2.7 billion market cap. And they're actually a provider of hands-free, you know, voice-activated kind of work so, workflow solutions. And um, they've been, um, uh, they have a, a, a takeout offer by Stryker that's looking to acquire them for a valuation of around $3 billion dollars which is 10 times um, 2023 EV sales. And we think the transaction is really pretty amazing because it's highly complementary to Stryker. Uh, Stryker has a solid market position with um, extensive sort of reach in, in technologies and, and uh, portfolios around you know, medical devices. And they're well positioned within the hospital and the medical um, ecosystem. And we see Vocera, their technology, their software, and their communications platform to be an easy sale into um, their existing base of business. So, so it's hard to actually, you know, point to a bear case given that you know this is now um, almost a third of our index, believe it or not, since we launched it a little less than nine years ago, has been acquired. And so, wow. a lot of these technologies, like Vocera, sort of sit in the sweet spot in the M&A cycle that are delivering a lot of value to to investors. And so this is a this is a name that uh, you know we think is is really pretty interesting and it's it's hard to create a lot of a bear cases to this. I mean the bear case, you know, we saw it during COVID where the stock did come under pressure because you know a lot of a lot of spending in hospitals, you know, went went from um, pretty vigorous level to um, almost non-existent for a period of a few months and a lot of spending on hospitals is is elective that you know ends up being pushed out we did see that that was the opportunity for investors you know to buy it you know we saw a similar pattern and really a lot of our holdings where they were sort of thrown out with the bathwater and people forgot the importance of the technology and platform that um, many of these companies offer and another name you know our index that that i'm sure you've identified is, is irhythm and they sell um, cardiac monitoring devices, and this is an FDA-approved, you know, technology. It was actually approved back in 2009. I think as we're moving to a world in healthcare of uh, prediction and prevention, where you can be monitoring um, someone's, um, you know, in this in this case cardiac rhythm on, on a daily basis. You're not susceptible to the vagaries of, of seeing what may happen six months out or a year out um, when you have a physician visit, visit. You know, this is being monitored on a daily basis. You know, there is a, a, uh, a massive market, you know, not only in the U.S., but globally for monitoring activities. So, you know, we think this is a name that sits right within our wheelhouse for what we're doing. You know, another name that is uh, the, the number three waiting at our index is AirTac, um, which is a Taiwanese company, and they provide pneumatic equipment like actuators. Actuators are kind of what makes a, uh, a robot or autonomous system move uh, with submillimeter accuracy. They've seen demand for solutions grow quite exponentially, driven by the rollout of 5G and, and automation in general. And 90% of their business is actually into China. You know, China has a, a pretty pronounced um, template uh, and directive for, you know, scaling, you know, automation throughout um you know their economy, and they have a you know a one, three, five, and and ten year plan on and developing automation. So, we think AirTac 
you know, sits, um, you know, really well positioned uh, in that market as well. And again, all three of these names are are not exactly, you know, household names. I think we try to do importantly is, as I talked about before, is identify companies that have high revenue purity, have market share leadership, have technology leadership. We're also looking for companies that um, invest uh, aggressively, you know, into their business, and that is going to show up in a way of higher revenue, you know, exposure in their business, and also is going to help enable their business. So. It's kind of a double whammy. And as a result of this, we find companies that in essence are, you know, we we sort of revenue weight our index. So that's why you're going to see a very differentiated portfolio. And importantly, these are real companies with real technologies and very stable and sound balance sheets. Over 60% of our index has a net cash position and no debt. And if you were to compare that in the U.S. to the S&P 500, it would probably be somewhere in the neighborhood of around 20% or less would have a net cast position. So that's a result of you know these being really sort of uh, cash generative businesses. And so we are, are very interested in that as well. Yeah, it's certainly a very interesting um, index and, and subsequently the ETF Securities Global Robotics and Automation ETF. And I think those three companies I hadn't heard of before. And that's what I love about investing, you know, coming across uh, companies that are leading the way in innovation, helping society and our lives improve. So it's a fascinating thematic. Unfortunately, we have run out of time though, Bill. Uh, but thank you very much. If people wanted more information on what you do, uh, is there anywhere that they can go to find out more? Yeah, please. I think uh, we have a great resource on our website, roboglobal.com, and we provide a lot of, of insight into the technologies that we're investing in. We have very frequent podcasts and, and webinars that, that we also host, and we have a tremendous amount of content on companies that we write about, um, uh, white papers um, that we've written on. More recently, uh, we did a big report on um, the importance of, of M&A in robotics AI and how investors um, stay to benefit from it. So please use that as a resource. Awesome. And uh, I'm glad we now have a, an expert, a leading expert in the industry that we can dial up should uh, our community have more questions. So uh, we've got your number now, Bill. So beware we'll be we'll be, bu- we'll be buzzing <laughs> you <laughs> but uh but look uh thank you very much for your time and uh for sort of helping us work through this uh really exciting thematic so we appreciate it you're welcome hey i'm ryan reynolds at mint mobile we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does they charge you a lot we charge you a little so naturally when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you that's right we're cutting the price of mint unlimited from 30 dollars a month to just 15 dollars a month give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch 45 dollars up front for three months plus taxes and fees promote for new customers for limited time unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows full terms at mintmobile.com there's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. 
So, Ren, we've just uh, had the pleasure of speaking with William uh, about all things robotic and AI, and now we're joined uh, in the studio by Kanish Chug, uh, Head of Distribution at ETF Securities, to, as is now customary, talk through the uh, ETF that they have uh, listed that allows uh, us to actually access this thematic. That's right. So, Kanish, let's start uh, at the beginning. Why Robo as a thematic? Well, it's funny. When we think about Robo as a thematic, it covers robotics, automation and artificial intelligence. Now, in our day and age, in everyday life, we're pretty much accessing products or services that have some input within robotics, automation and AI. Even the fact that when you turn on your Google smart home, your smart TV, when you order groceries through Woolies or Coles, um, you know, all of that is using some form of robotics, automation and AI. So it's pervasing our current life and it's only going to continue. And I think a big part actually at the moment is when you think about the supply chain bottlenecks and disruption that we're having, 44% of a recent survey of organizations across different industries were saying that logistical automation and the use of robots will have a major or moderate impact in reducing supply chain disruption. So what we're actually seeing there is robots, automation, artificial intelligence, they're the solution to issues that we're currently facing and issues that we're going to face in the future. And it's not just across, you know, these are companies that, you know, it's, it's interesting to see the industries that they're, that they're in. So with all of these sort of, you know, new and new mega trends, I guess, that are, that are uh, available for us to invest in, we can either take the direct route and invest in individual companies or we can take that passive route. You guys have created the ETFS Robo Global Robotics and Automation ETF. The ticker is Robo. So why is a passive ETF the right way to invest in a thematic like robotics and AI? Well, for this ETF, we partnered obviously with the Robo Global team. So, you know, you guys have just spoken to, to Will Studebaker. Um, he is, you know, the premier um, sort of authority on everything a part of this mega trend. I think the Robo Global team in itself are really unique in the sense of they actually started off as stock pickers. Um, it was a combination of a number of stock pickers that came together to decide, well, there is no index tracking this thematic because it's really hard. How do you define this thematic? There's no sector classification. You know, there's no geeks classification. There's no, there's, you know, we've got companies that are part of the enabling technology. So these are basically companies that are involved in sensing, computing and AI, actuation and integration. So essentially the technologies that allow uh, intelligent systems and artificial intelligence systems to interact in the human world across many industries. And then you've got the actual application side, so the, the actual good side. So whether that's, you know, healthcare, 3D printing, um, food and ag, autonomous systems. So you've got all of these different areas. So for a stock picker, how are you to know which one to look at? And, you know, Robo Global often talk about we're not there to pick the winners or losers. We're there to invest in the theme. So this ETF tracks that Robo Global Index. It's got over 80 companies that are looking at this thematic across various different sectors. And to your point, if you were to look at you know some of those names in the portfolio, I'd be surprised if people knew all of them or even some of them, because that was the interesting thing when I remember looking at it um, a few years ago when we launched the ETF. Yeah, it is. It is fascinating. I am used to opening up the uh, top holdings of an ETF and recognizing at least some of the names. Um, I like to think after doing this podcast for four and a bit years, I'm recognizing more and more of the names, but I can confidently say I hadn't heard of any of the top three of this ETF. Uh, Vasera Communications, iRhythm Tech, Harmonic Drive Systems, 
um, which is exciting because it's just a whole nother world that we get to explore as an investor. So uh, maybe talk to us about some of these biggest holdings, uh, why these companies, what do they do, um, why should we be excited by them? Yeah, so uh, Viserif Communications, for example, they essentially have a unique comms and workflow um, platform um, for sort of the hospital system. So they're very much focused on the medical field. Um, You've got companies like Intuitive Surgical. So they create what's called the Da Vinci Machine. Now, the Da Vinci Machine is essentially a robot that does mid-body surgeries. You know, um, you can peel a grape with the use of that robotic um, arms of a a Da Vinci Machine and, and sort of stitch them back up together all in the comfort of another room across the world. So, you know, that finite movement trying to remove the stammer from surgeries and surgeons. Um, you've got companies like iRobot. People know of iRobot, so that's a fairly common name. It's a, you know, they make those um, Roomba vacuum cleaners, so the um, robotic vacuum cleaners and mops. But what about Fanuc? Fanuc are very much in that area of manufacturing and, and logistical automation. Um, you've got companies that people may know of, for example, Ocado. Um, Ocado is a UK-based grocery logistical company and they feature in the portfolio. They have a tie-up with Coles here in Australia to do the fulfillment centres. Part of the reason why I think when you look at the portfolio and you go, well, I actually don't know a lot of these names, it's because of that robo-global team. So they've got teams of research, analysts, but they've also got a team of strategic advisors. And those strategic advisors are experts in their field. They're actually former entrepreneurs, um, professors, you know, the head of MIT's robotics centre, Daniela Rus is part of that strategic advisory team. And you talk about Amazon Robotics. So Amazon Robotics, before Amazon bought the company that is now Amazon Robotics, was called Kiva Systems. The founder of that is a man by the name of Raffaella D'Andrea. Now, Raff basically sits on the advisory committee for RoboGlobal's index. So they're speaking with the RoboGlobal team and telling them, guys, you need to be looking at certain areas of this megatrend. You need to be looking at 3D systems. But within 3D systems, you need to be looking at commercial 3D system companies. They're setting up meetings, providing them insight into those companies as well. So that's why we end up with a portfolio that is very different. And the weighting of them is also unique. So each of these companies have to have a high revenue purity to the theme. They've got to be innovating and they've got to be market leaders. So you can't have a company in there that's like Amazon, for example. Yes, they've got Amazon Robotics, but they use Amazon Robotics all for themselves. They don't generate any revenue for it. So Amazon will never feature in this portfolio, even though they've got one of the biggest you know, robotic you know, businesses in, in the world. It's purely for their own purpose and their own service. It's not for anyone else. And something just on the portfolio and people sometimes talk about, well, why can't I just get this through buying the S&P 500 index? Why can't I just do it by buying, you know, a MISCI all-world broad-based global ETF, for example, um, or they look at some of the other ETFs looking at this thematic? The crossover between the current portfolio and the S&P 500 is 3.4%. The crossover between this and a broad global um, portfolio, like such as a MISCI all-country world index, is 3.2%. So what you're trying to say there is you may get some of the names, but you're not getting the concentrated focus and attention that you would, and you may not get all the names as well. So again, sometimes it's hard to be the stock picker. Sometimes it's hard to try and take the broad approach. If you want the thematic, it's easier to go down finding these thematic ETFs. Yeah, I used to work in retail and part of my job was to actually look into all the robotics that were coming through in in the sort of retail industry. And it was fascinating and exciting to see the innovation that was coming in but there are also so many companies companies to to sort of 
sift through. Um, so having that advisory board as part of the, um, you know, guiding the selection of these stocks, I think is a, a great asset for this ETF. Uh, so Kanish, just to close out, any sort of final thoughts, I guess, on your thoughts, you know, future prospect for the industry, any numbers to kind of paint the picture for the outlook? What are your final thoughts? Yeah, I think my final thought would be in the current climate with people concerned about growth stocks, um, this particular ETF, because of its tilt towards um, industrial, those sorts of manufacturing companies, it's got a tilt towards cyclical, which is interesting when you think about a, a thematic, you generally think it's growth, but no, it's actually got a bit of a value tilt to it. Um, about 40% of the portfolio is tilted towards cyclicals. Um, you also look at the companies within the ETF and 57% of Robo's portfolio have a net debt of less than zero. So they have no debt, net debt. You know, you look at the S&P 500, it's about 18% of companies have, a, you know, that a net debt of less than zero. Um, NASDAQ 100 is 48%. So you're looking at very strong companies as well. Again, companies we may not have heard of, but very strong companies. And so you're either looking at, it's got the value tilt. Um, people, as they start to reopen, there is this increased demand. If you think about supply chain bottlenecks, well, these are the sorts of companies that are probably going to be the solution for that as well. Well, Kanish, as always, thank you so much for your time uh, coming on and, and sharing your thoughts on the Robo thematic. Um, the, the ETF is ETFS Robo Global Robotics and Automation ETF. The ticket is ASX Robo. Where can our listeners go to find more info and to understand if the product is right for them? Sure. The best place to go is the ETF Securities website, etfsecurities.com.au. On there, you can click on the product lineup and click on Robo. You've got the PDS, the full holdings, so all sort of 80 plus names are there and the TMD for the fund as well is there as well. And obviously speak with an investment professional um, for any advice that's personal in nature. Nice one. Well, I think we say at every episode that we love the innovative EDF, ETFs that uh, you guys are pushing out and can't wait to see what's uh, in store for 2022. But um, yeah, it's been, uh, it's been a pleasure chatting. So thank you very much. Thanks a lot, guys. Equitymates Investing Podcast is a product of Equitymates Media. All information in this podcast is for education and entertainment purposes only. It is not intended as a substitute for professional finance, legal, or tax advice. The hosts of Equity Mates Investing Podcast are not financial professionals and are not aware of your personal financial circumstances. Before making any financial decisions, you should read the product disclosure statement and, if necessary, consult a licensed financial professional. Do not take financial advice from a podcast. For more information, head to the disclaimer page on the Equitymates website where you can find ASIC resources and find a registered financial professional near you. In the spirit of reconciliation, Equitymates Media and the hosts of Equitymates Investing Podcast acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people today. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. 
Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.